Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the BMW Vlog Podcast. This is episode 56, and we are joined by James Bakich and Horatio, and uh, we're going to talk about some interesting topics. Uh, James's drive of his own uh, M3 CS uh, and the video he made about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the 0-60 time for the M5 CS, and then uh, Horatio might have some interesting stuff to tell us after that. So, uh, hey, James, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, guys. Yeah, you should definitely stay till the end. We have a few things to share. Um, we always try to tease uh, the good stuff you know, towards the end. So make sure you listen to us or, or you watch us on, on YouTube, uh, either or. That's right. That's how we, we force you to watch the whole thing. We, yeah, pretty much. We yeah. get our claws in you in the beginning. And exactly. Don't don't cheat. Don't scrub to the yeah. to the end, okay? Exactly. Don't cheat. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's not fair. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James. So uh, we uh, we put up your uh, M3CS video a couple of weeks ago, and I've seen a yeah. lot of comments on that video. It's insane how many people have been commenting on it's. It's a great it's a great video. I think that's what people appreciate. I was a little reluctant, you know, seeing a twenty nine minutes video. I was like, uh, <laughs> sounds like a Netflix episode. I think I'm going to be really watching this, but I was. Um, I was kind of surprised to actually see that people do watch some sort of, you know, long-form content because I've always thought that people, you know, kind of drop after, you know, three, five minutes on, on YouTube, but um, I was pleasantly surprised. Well, they do when I'm talking. Behave. <laughs> Stop it. That's not true. Uh, no, I was too. I was I was very happy as well. Uh, I mean, we had talked about potentially breaking it down into maybe half so we can do part one and part two, but... yeah. I was I mean, also from a, very from a money perspective, you know, an hour and that would have made sense. But <laughs> since uh, since we don't care about the the money, we don't care about that. Know, uh, angle, we don't care about that. We are we artists. Just, yeah, so we're we're uh, we're not like HBO and and, uh, and Game of Thrones, right? Showing one episode per week, we just you know give exactly. it all away. Yeah, so. Exactly. Uh, we don't want to break the the whole like story, uh, storytelling aspect of it. It's yeah, it true. was. It was an experience, and obviously, uh, it's been in the works since I basically picked up the car back in 2019. It was so. Some of the footage goes as you know as far back as 19. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, the 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 bit where I go through the base and the competition, and I cut to the CS, and I go, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, you know the differences between the base, the competition, and the CS." That drone shot that's actually inside of BMW Seattle, where I come down, that was the car sitting on the M display. That is like right then and there. That, that's super fresh. Um, so that was uh, April, late April 2019. I picked up the car on Cinco de Mayo <laughs> 2019. So it was a it was a really good day. Um, I can imagine, yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy. Like to your point, uh, folks have responded well to the video and um, lots of comments. So that's a question. The video. It's it's on our YouTube channel and also on the on on James Bakich's you know channel, so you can watch it on either one of them. Um, and um, it's about the M3CS. You know, he owns one, and uh, he documented you know his journey basically since he purchased the car. And it's it's not just the imagery that's the and and the footage is really good. It's just the the inf the information. So if you're looking for an M3 or M4 CS, you'll find it to be quite useful. And I guess that was my 
next question, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, how did you come about, you know, setting up the timeline or the storyline? Like, did you think about that from the beginning or you just, you know? So from the very beginning, I knew that I had previously owned a base uh, F80M3, uh, the, the mineral white one, the M Chief 1.0, if you will. And um, that, you know, inspired me to do a long-term review. Um, you know, a lot of folks do long-term reviews, but I don't want to strap a GoPro to the windshield and just kind of tell you what my thoughts are and then end it there. I wanted to sort of stretch it out over a long period of time because, you know, opinions and thoughts and feelings change about anything that, you know, we own or we have for however long. Um, so I wanted to stretch it out and put together a, a cohesive sort of like journey of what it was like to pick up the car, uh, to live with it. You know, you have like a honeymoon phase, um, you know, there's, there's everyday driving, there's, there's track driving in the, in the review, there's, um, you know, little quirks and things that you pick up by just living with the car for over two years. Um, and of course I am a fan of like cinematography. So I try to capture this story, uh, visually as well as in the script. So, um, it should serve as a good primer, base, and sort of informative piece for anyone that either owns an M3CS and doesn't know all the things about it. Um, literally, someone a couple of days ago on Instagram on my M Chief account messaged me and asked, um, hey, do you know of any cool uh, M clubs on, on the East Coast? I'm like, no, I actually am on the West Coast. I live in Washington State. I don't know. But here's a Facebook page that you can join up. Also, here's a video that I uh, put out a couple weeks ago that, you know, should give you a good sort of primer on what the M3CS is all about. And he responded back with, funny, you should link that. I actually watched that last night. I didn't know that that was you. <laughs> so that was kind of nice. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a video that should uh, prime people you know, that are interested in the M3CS, um, either as a potential car that they want to pick up. I mean, obviously it's, they're, they're all used at this point. They only were produced in 2018. Uh, but also there's info there that compares the M3CS to the M4CS because there are some differences between the two models. Some, you know, the M4CS has certain things that the M3CS doesn't have and vice versa, like those, uh, <coughs> delicious OLED brake lights. Like I really, really like those brake lights and I'm, I'm not too thrilled that the M3CS doesn't have them, but anyway. The only, and, yeah. uh, I won't I go. I actually wonder why they put it only on the um, on the M4. The M4 and the M4, uh, the M4CS and the M4 GTS. I mean, GTS, yeah, both. Yeah. God, I just wonder so why nice. they did that. Uh, I'll tell you why to make people like me sad and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be uh, a reason from, uh, behind it. Let me uh, let me try to find out. Actually, yeah, dig know. into that. Dig into that. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy that that was. I mean, you know, you know how long I've been working on the video, and so I'm I'm super thrilled and happy and you know elated that folks have responded so well to the video because it's been definitely a labor of love and passion and a lot of time, like yeah. a lot of time. Like when I finished it and I exported it and I was ready to upload it, I just did a right click investigate on the folder that had all the footage, and there were like over 700 gigs of, of oh footage. Uh, yeah. Wow. The footage wow. of footage. My computer was like, are you serious right now? Are you kidding me right now? So I was really happy to like archive that and be like, all right, we're done here. 
terabyte See, so that's the one folder. Yeah. Yeah, that's the funny part about you know some of those videos, right? So sometimes we we spend a lot of time on producing a video or you know putting one together, you know, spend all the time and you know all that work, and then you get no recognition really, like no views, no anything yeah. like that, and then you create a I don't know, silly video, no, no high quality, nothing really, you know, um, that you should watch. And then they get like a million views. Mm -hmm. uh, we have actually one on the channel with an X6 Vanta Black. Basically, it's like a 30 seconds vertical footage, not really good, like 320p because it was shot for Instagram and then reshared, you know. And and basically, that's like a million views. Now, granted, it's a, it's an interesting topic, but still, you know, sometimes. Um, amount of time that we spend on uh, creating some piece of content doesn't get the love that we hope sometimes. That's that's true. But personally, like I, whether, okay, it's really nice to have it do well. And I am super appreciative of everyone that, you know, has taken the time to watch and obviously comment. But like as a, as a, uh, I'm going to say amateur videographer, like whether it did well or not, I still would have poured the same amount of effort into it because yeah. that will in you know my mind at least digitally speaking will live forever that's always something that whether i keep the m3cs forever or not i can always like point my finger at it and go yep i had that i made that video and it was a blast and it's something that i could always look back on you know when i'm like uh, 94 years old and can't find my slippers <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and the, that's also like the age old sort of like, uh, uh, it's not quantity over quality, but it's, it's, it's some, something like that. It's, uh, what's his name? Paul Hollywood, uh, great British baking show. He goes, uh, what do you go style over substance? <laughs> you know, it's, it's balancing that, um, artistic sort of like vision that you have that you want to translate from your mind into like video format with useful information that people can like actually use, you know, like it's kind of the opposite of BMW functional over form, you know, <laughs> the funny thing. So you mentioned, you know, that you might not keep that car. Any reason why you're thinking about ever selling that car? Because I uh, wouldn't, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But then Nico, <laughs> you know, does a little video on an M5 CS. Yeah, no, 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 you did. He does a video on the M5CS, and I go, hmm, that's kind of nice. So hold on, so hold on. What? Before we jump to the M5CS, yeah. it's going to take quite some time. Yeah. Um, do you mind sharing how much you paid for the car, maybe like a ballpark? And the reason for that is I'm trying to figure out if the prices have gone up since you bought that car, because we've seen a crazy, crazy amount of money being paid lately for not even vintage BMW, just, you know, special cars. And I wonder if the M3CS went up in price. Yeah, let me actually bring up the up, video here uh, because what happened was... Because you bought it used, right? So pre-owned. No, it was brand new. Oh, well, yours was brand new. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was... Okay, then. <laughs> All right, let's not, let's not go that. <laughs> uh, the car was brand new and... Here I am driving an i3. I'm doing something wrong. Don't don't do that. That's not the only car you have. Don't 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 know, let our, our listeners and our viewers. Don't drive the other car. 
believe that don't don't listeners and viewers don't for one second think that that's all Horatio has is just an i3 it's the one that I drive I don't know why but that's the one that I always reach for and sometimes I even forget that I have the 1M well it's because you live in Chicago and the 1M is brutal it is brutal I'm (laughs) afraid every single time I leave the house that I'm going to come back (laughs) with no with no wheels honestly just like potholes are actually so so speaking like a side note till you find the price yeah, so the other it. day, so brand new i3, I mean brand new, it's at least a few months old. I, I already got a flat tire like a few months ago, fine, I replaced that, it happens with the i3. And then the same tire, the rear tire, I get a flat tire again, and when I go to, to kind of try to repair it, I pull out a couple of nails out of it, they were this big, I'm not exaggerating, I took a video of it, I mean this big, two of them, and the tire was gone, like $230. You know, <laughs> thrown away and i'm like like how where like why would somebody leave those nails on the road like it doesn't make any sense i know so yeah. uh, that was a not a cheap tire but i think a michelin ps4s probably would be more expansive well i mean the i3's tires are bespoke right because it's that like really specific size there's only one brand that makes them really yeah, Narrow, that size yeah. Is an oddball it's like really tall and really skinny yeah. like no there's no other car that uses that size so yeah. you you have to get a bespoke. It's like a bespoke tire. So that's that's why they're expensive. But yeah, very expensive. Um, I think two hundred twenty thirty dollars with mounting yeah. and all of that. Yeah, it's like, thanks Chicago. So yeah, so that's the problem with the one M. I it's always something. You know, it's either you park the car and somebody dings the car. You know, or it scratches. You know, you just never know here. So I'm always so afraid of driving that car. Yeah. And then if I want to enjoy the car, it's like bumper to bumper. I'm like, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> got to move out of the city, man. You got to get to, uh, got to get to some nice driving, nice windy roads. Yeah, I got to talk to my boss to give me some time off. That's my, <laughs> that's the next time my list. I mean, right? haven't had a, a real time off in like forever. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel really bad for you once again. I feel really bad for you. Do not look at Instagram. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up Instagram and you're gonna be like, oh guys, I'm in Sao Paulo. Sorry. (laughs) It does look cool. All right, so let me Uh, let's do another side note, you know, so people you know can have an idea. So if if you look at our Instagrams, even mine or like you know, Nico sometimes, you know, it looks like some cool locations and all of that. But that's like out of the twenty four hours in that day, I would say that's really like about an hour for me. You know, when I try to, to kind of take those cool shots, you know, and post them there and people think that I'm on vacation, but when I was in Pebble Beach right now, I get there on Thursday. I drive, mm. you know, from San Francisco to Monterey. I get there like 2 p.m. I go around and I shoot the car a little bit. Then I go to dinner because I have to eat something and, and meet the BMW guys and, you know, talk shop. And then the next day, I start at 8 o'clock and go from, you know, one place to another. Then go back mm. to the hotel, change, then go shoot the car, another car because I had another yeah. car. And then by cool. the time that I was, the dinner came, I was like, I'm tired. Now I have to go back to the hotel to kind of... Just, all of the photos just, and the and the footage because I want to be the first one to post it. That's the whole idea, you know. And then I'm like till two a.m. You know, just stop, oh, just then, stop right there. Do no, not. The next stop. day, it's Saturday. Now no. I get up again to go to another car show. And you I poor thing. Cool, and then I see some cool cars, but then again, you know, I'm working the whole day, and then I go back, and yeah. then I go to the concourse on Sunday, and yeah, oh, get there. Hold on, hold on, I'm not done, and then I. <laughs> I'm done with the concourse, like, I don't know, 4 p.m. Take this shuttle bus. It takes forever to get to your car. You know, I get to my car like 5. Now I have to go to the hotel, unpack, and drive to the airport in San Francisco and take a red eye to get home. 
Here's what I want to do. I want to know. I want to know if everyone that's watching this video on YouTube or if anyone that's listening on the podcast, how many people would want to do what Horatio just just outlined. It's just fun to do it once. Yeah, Nico, you, uh-huh. you know how yeah. it is. It's Nico's got to do it once, but I will, sure. Here's what I will say. I will say you're not wrong in that it is much, much, much more work than people think it is. I however, agree. Yeah. However, that's it. You. It's never lost on me on any press trip, no matter how tiring it is or how, uh, you know, cause you're only at the actual location that you're, you know, you're at for a day. There's two days of travel. It, it, it is more, much more work than it mm-hmm. and far less glamorous than it looks. But every time I have to remind myself that I have had some really crappy jobs and <laughs> the worst day on a press trip with a car company is better than the best day at most other jobs like i have to remind myself that i mean it is definitely a a very 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 cool it's also uh, fair to to say that we a little bit more than other people that maybe might go on those press trips there are some they do kind of the same thing we do but we we definitely try to get as much content as possible because we're it's it's a privilege to be there and we kind of treat it that way so we don't take it for granted at all. And every single one that we go, we work hard, you know, not necessarily to prove BMW anything, but really because we need the content. We will focus on just a few brands and we need to produce that content. So for us, it's important to to do as much as possible. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of why I I do that. That's why Nico does it too. And it's it's not always, you know, probably the best approach, especially auto show. Sometimes I will go with Nico and we wouldn't even have time to have lunch, you know. Just because we're trying to capture, you know, so much. But then again, you know, there are some cool things that we've experienced that, you know, even people with money might not be able to experience that, you know. And it's it's kind of cool, and oh, it, yeah, it's a I've, cool thing to do. So I, I was gonna say, yeah, you and you and Nico, yeah, <coughs> can't can't include. But we do me some kind of job of five. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, especially at those events, we do the job of five because we try to capture so many things for all the channels. You know, we try to do social and do videos and do content and draw. Yeah, and there's a certain right. bar, right? There's a certain quality bar that you know we that you're there and you want to make try. sure. We try. Sometimes yeah. we I mean, we do fall short sometimes on quality and certain things because you know, like for example, it was a video that I did and I didn't check the microphone, you know, and and uh, it, it was just mono and it wasn't stereo. So I'm like things like that. We don't really have the time. People think at those right. events you have the time to set up, but you really don't. They're so don't. packed, yeah. and you need to move fast. You need to be ready with the equipment. You know, you need to be charged all the time. Like it is, yeah. So Especially anyway, let's just go I mean, back to the M3 CS. Yeah. Car and it's like. You know, when you're on track, they stick you in the car, and you have like 45 seconds to get your GoPro mount oh, yeah, before yeah. The, the lead car is off, and you gotta, yeah, you gotta exactly. move. You know, you, you don't have time. It's not. Like and you don't want to slow down anybody else because some people really just they're there to just drive, not film anything. So you don't want to be that guy that kind of you know. And sometimes you only have like a certain amount of time, like on track too, so you need to move fast. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I had I had the whole day uh, at the Ridge Motorsports track, and it was just me and a couple of uh, of my close friends that I've recruited to help me shoot the m3cs track footage and um i had marked a bunch of cameras and had placed or figured where i'd place them and how i'd frame everything and even so i still didn't capture what i wanted and what i what i had envisioned um in my master plan uh so yeah it being being told that you have 45 seconds to to grab yeah it's it's hard. It is hard, okay. and I don't want to. I don't want to take away from that. But I also want to make sure that I represent the people that are oh, listening yeah, and go, "Oh, 
please, please don't tell me how difficult it is to go to Pebble well, Beach. So yeah, well, <laughs> listen to this guy. He had the whole day like on the track, and and you had thirty minutes to do the the zero to sixty on him. Yes, yeah. with no with no margin for error. Yeah, oh. and I was only allowed three launches by BMW, and um, there on my last one there was literally a plane doing its pre-flight checks 200 feet from me getting ready to take off and i have the guy in the radio going yeah you have to go right now you that's have to go right now that's, that's awesome chance and i was like oh my god it better work that's awesome and stressful at the same okay. time yeah yeah i got the numbers all right so tell me all right so the m3cs retailed or manufacturer retail suggested price is ninety-eight thousand two hundred and fifty. dollars that was expensive so it was expensive. It was quite a lot. And of course, back in 2018, early 2019, a lot of folks, that, that was you know the main subject matter to talk about, the CS line of cars that BMWs put out. Like, is it worth so much money more mm -hmm. over the base? When the base M3 was 63, 64 grand with no options, no nothing. It was like mm -hmm. your absolute bare bones uh, F80 or F82. Uh, San Marino Blue is $550 extra. Uh, the black and silverstone bicolor full leather is included in the price, and that's how all M3 CSs came. You don't get to pick any interior colors; they're all black with silverstone. The exact package was twenty six hundred, which uh, again you can't take off, at least not in North America. It was just on there. Um, the differences on my car versus a, a, a base car, let's say a base CS, is that I had the M carbon ceramic brakes added, which is a lot. That was eight thousand one hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, on top of the 98 and the M Performance titanium exhaust, which also added uh, 4,935. Plus, I wanted the carbon fiber exhaust tips because, I mean, I mean, M Performance yeah. exhaust has to have the uh, you yeah. know carbon tips. That was 1,500 extra. So, no, 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 no. It's not like that. And so, all up, that came representing to the people here. That's all. <laughs> I'm just representing the people. Uh, destination charge nine ninety five. Everything all up. So a base CS is ninety eight thousand and change, and this one came out to one hundred and sixteen thousand nine hundred eighty. So one hundred seventeen thousand. Uh, you know, save twenty bucks, wow. which was serendipitous for me because you know, M Chief Master Chief Master Chief one one seven one hundred seventeen. I was like, it was meant to be. So. <laughs> There you go. See? That's just uh, so, all the justification you need. Yeah, it's, oh, that's it. That's it. Just, babe? Yeah? See? Okay, well, it was meant to be, so there See, you go. The price, the price basically, so I had to. You know, I, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't want to. But. Yeah, it was quite It was quite a lot. And, and that was one of the big talking points when the car first came out is like, does the price justify uh, the, you know, updates of of what BMW has done to the car is when a base could be had for 6364 comp was like, I don't yeah. know, 70, 70, 72, 75 ish. Um, and here comes the CS at 98, which is a lot more. And if you put all the options, 116, 117. Yeah. Yeah. So how much you're selling right now? Do you see any used ones for so. Uh, I am not finding any just yet. Um, I think I saw one a couple weeks ago that was, I think, sub 10K miles going for 85, 87. Okay. So, okay. Uh, it's going to go up in price much, or not. How many did they make? 
officially on paper, BMW said 1,200 units of the global M3 CS. Or, uh, global, global. Okay. The U.S. market that? got about 500. Okay. Wow. What really ended cool. up actually, yeah, yeah, it, it is a low number. It is, it is. I, I call this out in the in the review, the in the video that I put out is. Um, this was the first CS that BMW M had put out in, well, forever, right? Yeah. yeah what was it? The, the 3.0? Was that the, the 3.0 was the, was the granddaddy. Um, and they, let's say BMW marketing could have done a little better job at sort of outlining the differences between, you know, the base, the competition, and the CS, and the heritage and the history behind it, and the fact that there's only so many in the world, you know, to kind of bring some of that magic and some of that um, showmanship, let's say, to justify some of that cost. I didn't see any of that. I've seen one or two little quick 30-second videos. There was like the M3CS looking cool. Okay. Um, people didn't really know that there were only 500 coming to the U.S. Right. So part of that is lost. Uh, I actually went to a couple of cars and coffees and, and, I've had a couple of folks come up and like, what does the CS stand for? Like, is this like a special Euro version, like a competition? I'm like, no, no, it's a, it's a full fledged car that BMW M like manufactured and sent out, you know, all throughout the world in various regions. Oh, I didn't even know. Like, yeah, let me talk to you about it. And then I, I couldn't <laughs> stop. Uh, they were still there 47 minutes later, but, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's now it's different right now you have the m3 cs the m4 cs then the m2 cs came out and people fell in love and it's doing you know incredibly well yeah. and now we have the m5 cs so it's very clear that bmw has a um you know a roadmap of sorts where now the cs line is like a staple within the lineup or product portfolio of what a potential customer can tap into. You want a base, right. you want a competition, you want a competition with all-wheel drive, you want the CS, maybe who knows we'll get a CSL in the future, you know, you have right. these like different flavors, yeah. right? Another thing that I think, I mean, I, I was working at BMW Blog when the CS came out, the M3 CS and the M4 CS, and I didn't get the draw. I have never driven one. Um, and it seemed like the media coverage on it was pretty small there wasn't a lot of like media um hype around it like as you were saying like bmw didn't hype it but they also didn't allow the media to do that that job for them mm -hmm. like with the m2 cs they've allowed so many publications to drive it and everyone's raving about it so it's gaining this like incredible status mm -hmm. because no one who drives it has a bad thing to say about it i mean you have people that even were critical of the standard m2 saying that the cs is sensational and uh, the same goes for the m5 cs so i feel like if maybe they had more of a media presence around the m3 cs people would have felt differently about it or known and that's really how people know about these cars right is they read car and driver magazine or road right. track or bmw blog of course of course and uh you know we didn't really get that kind of coverage for it um, i don't think there was ever an a u.s launch event so if i remember correctly i was actually flew to germany it was invited by bmw germany and i flew there to drive the uh, m3 cs Basically, it was a, still even there for their standards. It was a kind of small event. I landed. Uh, we did a little bit of a 
not not, not wasn't even track time. It was really they have this uh, training uh, facility, Myzak, which is more like for their academy and schools. And it's really an old airfield, and it's kind of where they set up a, a track to put it out. Drove there for a little bit, maybe thirty minutes, not even more than that, and then. Um, we took the car onto some back roads and it was pretty fun, but it wasn't a huge event on any, you know, special track. Like, you know, with the M3 and M4, I went to Portimao and that was a, you know, real track event. So I don't think they hyped up the car even there that much. And there was definitely no U.S. event. I don't know how many cars went into the press fleet and what was available, but that's always a... That's that's always the thing, you know, with limited cars, if they can get any to go into, into the press fleet and how many, because now they have to send them from region to region. So maybe that's right. why. But I also think that um, that's my opinion. I don't know the for like for a fact, but I'm uh, I'm assuming they were kind of surprised by the popularity of the uh, CS model. So they probably when the M2 CS came out, they said, well, you know, this is, you know, people love this. The CS might as well do something more than last time. Right. Yeah. You say that. But I also sort of like digging into more data so that I could supplement my my review with like the M three CS did not fly off the shelves. That's just that's just I don't it. Think I any think, of the M, uh, even the M four CS didn't fly, so none of those did. Which um, again, you could argue GTS that could potentially. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly the GTS either. But again, you can argue that potentially part of the reason that was the case was because there wasn't a ton of like marketing coverage or hype to Nico's point on the CS line. Now that you have like two cars, essentially the M3 and the M4 CS out, they're not unknowns anymore. The CS line is not a mystery. The M2 CS comes out, BMW goes, hmm. And it was quite expensive too. I mean, you got to keep that in mind. That's true. That's true. That's true. What was the M2 CS? And, yeah, but uh, see, no people are used to that price, right? But when that car came out in 18, I do remember the conversations quite a bit. It was considered a very expensive car. And, it, and of course, everybody said, well, should I pay more than the M3 competition, which is already a really good car? Do I need to pay more for just a little bit more on paper? Well, even I so, said that until I drove it. With the M2CS? Yeah. And I think... Yeah. That's also the case probably with the M5, but we won't dip into that just yet, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we, we actually can. I, I, I well, think it's time. I mean, I'll let you one, talk about that. One interesting thing that I want to add is, like, if, if no one from that watches this actually watches the M3CS video that, that we published, um, just know that it takes half a quart of extra oil over the base in the competition. Like, even oh, really? that right there, yeah, I mean, even that right there was something that it, you had to dig into and find out. Uh, even, like, dealer techs that you know you take your car into bmw to service know, didn't know right yeah. like that's 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 one that's another thing that i like discovered over time is like yeah no it's mm -hmm. got an extra oil pump it's it's got an extra oil pump to to deal with lubrication in high g4 situations like on a track so therefore the oil pan is bigger it's got the same oil pan from the m4 gts magnesium it holds more oil you take it to you know get your service done and the shop tech sees you know f80 m3 6.5 quarts 6.5 quarts and yeah. you drive away and it's like low oil and you're like what's going on mm -hmm. um you know and, and again that again ties into uh having a rollout done properly for a brand new line essentially that hasn't existed for decades mm -hmm. um making making yeah making sure that the public is aware of like this now exists. Here are all the cool things that 
are in addition to the base of the competition. Anyway, that's all I'll say. I had I mean, a blast making also, it. The, the last point, and you can maybe mention that a little bit, they also changed the name, right? So CS, it's, it meant something else before versus what it means now, right? Yeah, it used to mean club sport. Exactly. So now it it's used called to mean competition club. sport. And now it's called competition sport, and you'll see that in a lot of uh, M5 CS marketing materials as well. They, I mean, they don't shout it, but it's there if you dig for it. Um, it used to be called, uh, it used to stand for club sport. Now it's competition sport. And again, it makes sense. You have the base, you have the competition, and you yeah, have the exactly. competition That's sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, let Nico shine. Tell us about that zero. Tell us about 60. that. Thanks. Yeah. That's pretty um, awesome. I couldn't so- do that either. Yeah, I mean that was we knew we knew we had to do something special because, uh, and this kind of ties into what we were just talking about with you know BMW kind of screwing up the the marketing for the M3 CS. I mean, yeah, they didn't have a limited; they only had a limited amount of those that didn't let anyone drive them. They only had one M5 CS on the East Coast, and they only have one more on the West Coast. So like they don't have a lot. And the one I drove was. it wasn't even a real press car. Like they're only going to use it for a little bit and then it's going to auction. Like it is not even in their actual press fleet. So Mm. the, the rarity of being able to get that car uh, and, and actually test it was, you know, so great that we knew like we had to do something really special. Mm -hmm. So we, and especially for us, like you see like guys, you know, like Matt Watson drag races cars, you know, every day, you know, million dollar cars every day. So for us, this was a big deal. And, so we, we, you know, we rented out, well, not rented out, but, you know, rented some time on this, uh, you know, this runway. And, I mean, I only had three runs, like I said. I had to go through all the checks that BMW wanted me to go through. You know, normal stuff, tire pressure, uh, engine temperature, had to have uh, the right gas in it. Um, you know, stuff like that. Everything had to be, you know, I had to follow their launch procedure and all of that. And, and give it cool down in, in between each run. And the runway only gave me a half hour. Um, by the time launch control, I mean, I don't know if you guys have had any experience with BMW launch control, but it is as finicky and as annoying as everyone says. It does not want to work every time. You, you do the exact procedure, and it just doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And it can be really frustrating. Um, so... The first, it took me probably 10 minutes just to get the first launch to work, like the first launch control to actually work. And then once I got it, it I, I kind of botched it. It spun its tires and it just didn't, it didn't cooperate. Um, so then I had to give it a cool down and go for a second run. And on my second run, I was kind of, the, the runway wasn't even a half mile long. So I knew that right after the quarter mile, I wanted to back off the throttle uh, and slow down slowly. I didn't want to slam on the brakes and, you know, test its very high speed braking capabilities in such a rare car. So I was kind of just eyeballing the, and you could probably see it in the video. I'm just kind of waiting for the quarter mile time to tick over and then I'm backing off. And I thought I saw it uh, go in the corner of my eye uh, for the second run. So I backed off the throttle, but it wasn't. It hadn't reached a quarter mile yet, so I had a crappy time, and I was like, damn. So my first two runs were botched, and I only had one more, and I had to give it time to cool down. And by that time, like I said, there was literally a plane, a little plane. Guy's going through his 
pre-flight checks. And I only had a few minutes left of the half hour. And the, the airport employee was helping me. He was like, you have to go right now. Like, he's going he's gonna to take off in a few minutes. And, uh, you know, that's going to be it. Once he's takes off, planes are going to start taking off. And you're not going to have any time to do this anymore. So I pull up. And it, miraculously, first try, the launch control in, engages. See a little checkered flag. Just, you know, pin the throttle, dump the brake, and hold on. And it worked, and I got a 2.81 second to 60, and uh, a 10.8 in the quarter mile, which really kind of blew my mind a little bit. Super fast. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that is awesome. The one it gets an asterisk though, because I didn't know that the race box even had this capability, because I've never used one before. This was my first time using it. Um, it had the the one foot rollout setting on, so it accounted for a one foot rollout which is kind of a cheat in your 060. It means like the first, you know, foot of tire movement, it doesn't count. Um, so it adds like, you know, you know, a ten, like, you know, it adds a fraction of a second uh, to your actual zero to 60 time. Or rather the, the roll, the one for the roll subtracts a fraction of a second from your zero to 60 time. And a lot of automakers, you know, use the one foot rollout to make their zero to 60 time better. I mean, it's used at you know, drag, like professional drag strips and stuff, um, which is where it comes from. And like car and driver uses a one foot rollout and their zero to 60 test. That's why they're all, theirs are always, you know, faster than everyone else's. So it's not really like a bad practice. Um, it's not like I cheated or anything. It's just, uh, you know, that time does come with a little bit of an asterisk because it did have that one foot rollout engage. And I, di I didn't want that, but I didn't honestly know the feature was on. Uh, and I didn't realize until after the fact, and I checked the race box when I got home, and I was like looking at the settings. Um, but it's still a ridiculously fast time. I mean, even Although, without that, honestly, considering the surface that was on, and considering that you know, right, Joe, yeah, the surface was bad. I, I think Joe Achilles managed to get a little bit better time. He was on yes, the shilling tires. Yes, said that, and I was like, damn, he did. He got two point seven five or something. Yeah, and, and I then was like, wow, I thought I had the fastest one. And so, then a little bit, and a little flag just went off of Nico's head. Is like, and now I have to beat his time. Yes. I think it's also the surface, <laughs> right? I, I mean, you mentioned <laughs> you you told me that the surface wasn't the best. It so wasn't. No, it was pretty. Makes actually, a difference, you know, especially cracked. when you launch in the grip. Right. It, it was pretty cracked, and there were some. It wasn't very even, and uh, you know, and it's not a prepped surface. Like it wasn't like a, you know, it probably probably had some you know, little stones in it and stuff like that that messed with you know the tires. It wasn't a perfect. It just wasn't a perfect surface. I'm sure with a perfect surface, you know, you would be able to get a, a much faster time. Um, so it just goes to show it's still a fast car. Fast I mean, the thing is, I mean, it's ridiculously fast. It's, yeah, it's extremely fast. I mean, no matter how you look at this, and I'm sure there'll be some different times coming out, and some might be better, some might be worse, but it's within that you know uh, margin that bmw has usually for zero to 60 times and that's that's all, all it matters right. really and they're usually pretty conservative they never go you know um, too aggressive to say is that fast they rather right. uh, they're rather more conservative so regardless if you lose tenth of a second or not it's it's an impressive car and i can tell you before i let you talk about the um, driving experience um, my experience with the car was really just you know um, over a day really so i didn't have it for a week but uh 
just driving around California and Monterey area on those back roads, which you can't really go too fast, but just accelerating, you know, even coming out of a, you know, um, exit on the highway so fast. It's ridiculous, yeah. and, you know. And that's I mean, honestly where it feels faster. Yeah. It's like it's, when you're at speed. It just pulls, you know. I mean, if it, I was yeah. in sixth gear at some point and I just floored it and just, just started pulling like crazy. So I was like, wow. So I mean, even the 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 rev range, it's different than on the M5 competition. One the one thing that I've noticed, it's definitely more aggressive, and uh, it's maybe not as linear. I think it's just it just wants to you know pump gas immediately and just you know it's 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 different. It's hard to explain, but it's a fantastic car. And aside from that, it's a beautiful car. I've said it you know the last time too. It's such a beautiful car. It, you look at that and it's the perfect design not controversial it's the right sedan size yeah uh, it's got that carbon fiber hood which is awesome the wheels the uh, carbon wheels. fiber seats you know which yeah. they annoy me a little bit but they're still very cool ceramic brakes ceramic factory brakes. I, I will say my car was the wrong color it was brands hatch yeah, gray, the frozen which is a cool color brands but hatch. The green is the yes. correct color uh, yes. I forgot the name of it, but it's the correct color. Yeah, it's frozen brand hatch gray, and the other one it's frozen green deep or deep green metallic. Yeah. Whatever it is, the the green <sighs> is the correct choice. Yeah. Um, the yellow headlights are oh, that's awesome. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like every time you unlock the car and you see yellow headlights, you're like, Great, "This is cool. special. Like this is something different. And this Great. isn't like everyone else's. Like uh, this is nothing like my neighbor's five series. You know, like this is." Something this was a really mistake. Special. I should not have agreed to listen to you guys talking about that. <laughs> I also like the steering quite a bit. I, I don't, I mean, there's been yeah. maybe a couple of years since I drove the M5 competition, but uh, either I don't recall exactly, but it, it just feels more connected on the M5 CS. I don't know what kind of tuning they've done on it. It's probably just software, you know, but. No, it's not. They did actually do some mechanics. Oh, they did, really? Yeah. Okay. So the, um, it has a little bit more negative camber at the front. Okay. And it has, uh, I believe, has stiffer anti-roll bars at the front. Okay. So it is mechanically a little bit different. But it is also, I think a, a big part of it is actually the steering wheel itself. Okay. Because the steering wheel is a little bit thinner than on the standard M5. There's like okay. less cushion and less padding in the wheel. And if you've driven, anyone who's driven modern BMW, especially M cars, know that there's so much padding in the wheel. It's so thick. It's like trying to grab an anaconda. It's absurd, and because of that, you lose so much like, you know, feel and vibration through the wheel. But because the wheel is thinner, you get a, just that little bit more like tactile feel through it. Like in Joe Achilles, actually, oddly enough, to bring him up before, but um, he replaced. We were talking about this last time. He replaced his steering wheel on his M3 with a thinner one, and he mentioned how much better it feels because like you just get less um, cushion. There's less like um, insulation. You're, you're lose you're, you lose so much of the feel when it's so when it's so thick so you get it, it's like a combination of things all the little things add up you know increased uh negative camber stiff anti roll bars it has the same shocks from the m8 grand coupe uh with a stiffer spring rate then you add the the steering wheel and bespoke pirelli p0 corsa tires which are designed specifically for the m5 cs mm -hmm. and you just get steering and front end bite that is noticeably better than the standard car and honestly i think it might be the most fun bmw i've ever driven realistically 
Yeah. Uh, the M2CS might be more playful and, you know, because it's lighter and it's smaller, sort of wheelbase and all that. But there was just something so hilariously brutal and <laughs> precise about the M5CS. Like there's something so big should not be so violent and fun. Um, but it really is. And it's a, it's like a magic trick. And there's also the, the lighter weight, you know, especially over the, the front, you have the carbon fiber hood, carbon fiber brakes, things like that, that reduce weight over the front. 200 kilos lighter. Turn, turn in. Yeah. Or 200 yeah, it's pounds. It's still a heavy car. It's still I think it's 200 you know, pounds 4, or kilos. Pounds, but, um, it's, uh, you know, it's still heavy, but it's, it doesn't feel it. So it doesn't. Yeah. I agree. It doesn't feel happy, but, uh, I, I always say that I would pick a, a more compact, you know, M2 and 1M and all these cars over like larger M cars. But in this case, that I might reverse that <laughs> opinion. You know, the M5CS just feels like the right car. It just like, honestly, all the points yeah. that you mentioned on top of the looks and the space and all of that. And it's just a, a classy, classy Seems. automobile. It's a classy beamer. Yeah. There's something to be said about having a um, a vehicle the size of an M5 that can do all the things that you know it can do, uh, and combine such sporty elements in a four door like truly, truly super sedan, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean it is. I mean you're talking it's like McLaren fast, and mm. you know, but it can seat four adults really comfortably. Um, and it has a huge trunk. Uh, you know, there, there's very, very little in the automotive world that can kind of give you that sort of balance. I mean, you can point to like the Tesla Plaid and, and things like that, but none of them have the racy feel of the mm. M5 or the, like, there's just so much. It, it's, I think the only word I can use to describe it is like violent. It's, <laughs> it, it kind of just wants to punch everything in the face. Uh -huh. And it's amazing because of it. Like, like Harisha, you said you kind of, you know, err more towards like sporty, small little cars. And I, I do too. You know, I'm the, the M2 CS on paper is like my perfect car, yeah. Yeah. but the M5 CS, there's something so hilarious about it. Like it's, I don't like when you drive an M2 CS, you're like, wow, this is amazing because it's so precise and it's so balanced and it's, you know, it, it just feels like such a great communicative sports car. But when you drive the M5, it's like this hilarious experience. Like you can't get the grin off your face. It's just, I don't know. There's something about it to me, I guess because it's like, it shouldn't exist, you know, mm. like it, that shouldn't be such a big, heavy car. Shouldn't be so much fun, but it is. And mm. I, and to me, that just makes it a little bit better than the M2CS. Just me, it's not bit, a surprise, honestly, and I'll tell you why. I mean, maybe younger fans of the brand or newer customers might not remember, but the, the 5 Series and the M5 was always considered the core of the brand. There was all this uh, conversations like in the past that the 5 Series is really the core of the brand. It's the business sedan, and then the M5 was also the core of the M brand and all of it. It's really, it was never really the M3 and M4 if you go back in the history of the brand. Of course, recently those cars probably outsell by far the, uh, the M5, but uh, that was considered their, their bread and butter back in the day. I mean, they were able to make a super sporty sedan, you know, with the M brand. 
and uh, they were super proud of it. So to me, it was not a surprise that every generation M5 that came out was really good. The only one that maybe was not as great as an old rank, probably at the bottom of the pack, it's the F10. The F10 was always a little bit too soft, and I think they learned from that. There was not a, the right amount of sportiness in that car. It was still a good car and fast. It was just not very special. But I think they learned quite a bit with, uh, with the F, F90 and um, even the... The M5 competition, it's still can't really go wrong with that. Right. So, James, you were saying that it's kind of making you like want the the M5 CS hearing yeah. about it. But like, would you want to give up the? Because your your car is, I mean, along with the M2 CS, mm-hmm. is sort of this last, you know, this dying breed mm-hmm. of sure. genuine drivers' cars because it's a rear wheel drive. And yours is a manual, right? No, uh, actually, all manual. all M3 CSs are oh, DCT. Your, your regular M3 was a manual, though, right? Is that the, yeah, the base one before the. Yep, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. why I was confused. Okay, but still, the M3 CS is kind of pure. It's rear wheel drive. Um, it is much lighter. Um, the M5 CS is awesome, but it does have that whiff of like, you know, this this current era of you know supercars where it's. It means mm-hmm. an eight-speed auto. It's not even a dual clutch. It's all-wheel drive. I mean, it, it kind of—it's amazing, and I love it. But as an M3 CS owner, would you want to give up like that rear drive, really much much purer experience for it? That's that's an excellent question, and one that I've been struggling with since uh, the M5 CS kind of came out. And uh, here's the thing: it's lighter, and uh, it is a DCT, which I like over uh, an automatic gearbox. But not having driven the M5 CS, I'm missing some like key data points that I can compare to the M5 CS, uh, to the M3 CS. However, knowing that you know you you have the option of going two wheel drive in the M5 CS, right? Well, you, if you're, you know, if you've lost all control of your senses, yeah, sure. But you can, you know, you can. There's just, there's just, uh, oh, there's some, there's some magic in knowing that uh, you can say this M car right here, this M5 CS, is the most powerful M car that BMW has ever made. It handles its own with supercars. It could do all the things that you need to do on a day to day. If you commute, if you go to Home Depot, if you, I don't know need to go to the track because you have an itch you need to scratch. It can do those things. Um, plus, you know, have a silly zero to 60 and a silly, uh, you know, quarter mile uh, time. One that, you know, even Dominic Toretto would be <laughs> like, yeah, well done, kid. Uh, I don't know. That's just, it's, it's, really, it's really tempting for me. And right. uh, again, because of sort of like what I do during my, you know, my day job is, you know, I, I work on Halo. And knowing that the M5 CS, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> knowing that the M5 CS comes in a frozen green with gold accents, like you have frozen green with gold and my headlights. license and yellow headlights and my license plate is M Chief. Like, I don't know. Oh, That's just, go. there's just too much. Right there, that again, serendipity. It's destiny. It's destiny. BMW M. Hey, just you know. Let me throw you a curveball. So I mean, the M3 (laughs) CS, M5 CS. I don't see the customers overlapping unless you're a car collector. But 
what yeah. I do see an overlap, and I'll be interested for you to drive will be the M2 CS. Because now you're talking similar pricing points. Yeah. They're not that far out. I think output, power output, is it similar? Yeah. What is it? I think it's somewhere around there, right? What's the M3 CS? I don't remember, four, honestly. 444, Nico 440. is saying, for the M2 CS, and yeah, 453 for the, CS, for the M3 CS. So they're right there, right? Yeah. They so are right, right there. there but, Just but, everyone knows that you know the, those numbers are... Mm. I mean, the numbers don't matter. I mean, I think yeah. it's more about the price because they're probably yeah. around the same price, let's say, you know. Uh, M2CS is like 80... Oh, oh, M3CS used is what you're saying. Yeah, used. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, right, yeah. Right, I mean, okay. Comparing used right now because that's the only way that you can find it. So I would say used, oh, you know, low miles. You, you're probably paying the same thing as the M2CS minus, you know, or plus a few thousand. Mm -hmm. But um, I'll be more interested to to find out from you know if if James drives the M2CS, will be like, yeah, this is a more fun car to drive. I would say the <laughs> M2CS is more practical, clearly because of the extra doors. Yeah. But I think um, I think the M2CS might be a little bit the special one. Just uh, and I, and now I feel like you're both out to ruin me in some form or fashion. It's like whatever you currently have. I'm just trying no. to get you to make one more video and just buy that M2CS in two years from now. You know, right. Once you're out of production. You know, right. It'll take me another two years to make the video. So that's exactly. four years from now. But that time, right. nobody cares about, you know, M2CS because they're all electric cars. So, yeah, thanks. That's actually, and that's, that's to go back to Nico's question. Would I, would I consider, I mean, the M5 CS, arguably, and we know that this is going to happen eventually, could be very well the last hurrah of an internal combustion engine. That is the, you can for, say, the most the powerful. M5, yeah. For the M5, yeah. For the M3, the... Maybe, maybe. No, no, there, there is definitely an M3 CS coming next year. M3 CS and M4 CS, or M3 CS and M4 CS, or something like that. So it's not going to be the last. Same thing with the M2. There will be an M2 CS also. Right. Yeah, but I mean, to be able to say that this M car is the most powerful M car with an internal combustion engine, pure. This I will don't be the we'll, probably, yeah. This will this be will, probably. the M5 yeah. CS will probably, probably be yeah. never be a purely internal combustion engine with more power than the CS. The Even though now, so yeah. hold on, because I was going to lead into the next topic, which is the M8 CS, right? Mm. So I don't know. I mean, that's we can jump into that topic right now because I want to talk about it anyway. There is a bunch of spy photos coming out, and we see and we've seen this white car with a, a different kidney grill and some. Uh, aero parts on it and and i've always said that i don't think that's the right that's not the actual car it's, they're probably testing something and there was one test mule of that m8 that had a um had a side vent i'm not sure if yeah, you remember like nico and, uh, what's that there was a side vent in the in the rear window or the rear side window they were testing the same car and he has some sort of an exhaust there or something they were doing different so i always thought that maybe they're testing the technology, but if they do an M8CS, if they do, I don't know yet, honestly, that's one thing that I haven't been able to find out, uh, is that um, they're either going to do based on the same M5CS and use the same engine and maybe give it a little bit more power. They might not even have to because it's plenty, so that might become maybe the fastest. I don't know if they weight maybe a little bit higher, but um, yeah. or they're going down the MHCS route, maybe they're doing a hybrid like they're doing with the uh, XM, which we're going to talk next also. But um, 
So maybe they, maybe there will be an MACS which will join the M5CS. So that will be a tough choice then. Yeah, if they do one though, I still think personally the M5CS would be my choice only sure, yeah. because the back seats. Like yeah. we didn't touch on this yet, but the back seats of the M5CS are racing seats, like they're racing buckets that are sculpted into the rear bulkhead. Yeah. And it's the coolest thing in the world to sit in those like sit in what feels like a real racing seat. And then in front of you is the carbon fiber back of the other racing seat in front of you. <laughs> and like, and to be able to, I mean, I, I didn't get to sit back there while someone was driving because I wasn't, no one else was allowed to drive it. But um, I wish I could have done that because I wish I could have experienced what that thing could feel like from the back seat. And then imagine being able to put three friends in the car um, and just go to the track and just do silly things. Like it's, th there's something really special about that package that I don't think an M8CS could replicate. Um, mm -hmm. So as cool as an M8CS would be, and as, you know, it would probably be an amazing car to drive. I still think the M5CS is that perfect sweet spot of like, this will never happen again. You know, like something this crazy is just not going to happen again. Yeah. Like some, some weird Bavarian swiss army knife of sorts right, right yeah yeah i mean they will do something next year i don't know yet i mean i'm sure we'll find out soon enough there'll be some things like and they always do but um they will do something special next year it's 50th birthday of m you know it's such a big deal i i, I don't see them uh losing that opportunity I and mean, i'm sure there will be a bunch of special cards on every single model so uh, maybe not the m2 because they're coming out with with the other one but um there will be something special. So maybe there is something that we're not even thinking about or we might not even know. But I'm truly hoping that they're going to show us something so spectacular, so unique. Even though in a concept form or a production series, doesn't matter what. They'll be like, wow, this is, you know, this is what the M brand car. can really do. Supercar. Mm. Uh, I don't think I, so. <laughs> I know. I Maybe. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's called, it's called the M5CS. <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, they had that Vision M M next, which unfortunately it which got it got canned, canceled. Yeah. Which I, I I find it super surprising, considering the i8, what it did for the brand, and it still does as far as you know, marketing and image and all of that. When I saw that uh, Vision M next, and actually that's the same guy that designed the two series coupe, which we talked about earlier before yeah. we jump on. So super talented designer. So that car was super cool, very cool. Yeah. Uh, they did show it with a plug-in hybrid, which I was like, yeah, maybe you should have done all electric. But I'm truly hoping yes. that M will come back one day with something like that. Because that, right. that car was a combination in between a, a, a modern supercar like the i8, but also with the retro elements from right. the M1. Yeah, I mean, it very much looked like a modern M1. Oh yeah, mm, it, was, yeah. it was awesome. Agreed. It was the it perfect car. You throw in a you know a thousand horsepower, you know, um, electric engine in it, and there would be a lot of people jumping to buy that car. Absolutely. I mean, fun fact: I had the very difficult job of having to shoot that photograph that car live in Pebble Beach. You poor thing. Oh, not you too. Oh no. It was very difficult, but it had such a buzz around it. I, I mean, know. typically in. You know, not to dog BMW, but at Pebble Beach, BMW is like the cheapest brand there. You know, it's. You know, you <laughs> I mean, got, all the German brands—they don't—they can't compete with all the yeah, million-dollar cars, you know, Ferraris and stuff. But yeah. I mean, people were flocking to that thing, and you know, at Pebble Beach, at the Pebble Beach Concourse too. Not like 
you know, at, at Legends of the Autobahn or something like like the Concours, where there's the you know pre-war Bentleys that are worth you know more than mansions. It's 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 yeah. it, people were obsessed with it. It had a real buzz. People really loved it. If BMW made that, people would buy it. I mean, there would, people would buy it. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so. Hopefully, the M brand will do something like that. And I guess since we're talking about the M brand, let's keep on going. We'll have a couple more topics. So today, I actually just wrote maybe there was a CNBC video. I did see some of the BMW guys being in Spartanburg this, this week, and I'm like, what are they doing at the factory? You know, usually when you see the, the communication guys, some of them going to the factory, you know something you know big is happening there because the factory has their own PR team, but when you see somebody from the HQ going there, something is happening. So I finally uh, got the answer when I saw the CNBC video. So they uh, they had the um, the BMW CEO from Germany, uh, Oliver Zipsev. He flew into Spartanburg and did an interview with uh, CNBC. And among the many topics, one of them was the uh, electric one, which I can talk about in a second. Was really they announced officially today that they will they will build a new car in Spartanburg. So that was not surprised because even I was reading some of the social media comments now, actually today and in the past also, there were a bunch of people working at the factory hinting at the fact that they saw the X8. And, and I do know that they've, they've, they've been testing that car there uh, in actually in, in their closed ground, so not out in the open you know, since last year, if not before that. So clearly, even though the CEO did not confirm the model, he did say it would be a brand new model that was never seen before, not something based you know, on a previous car. So clearly we're talking about the, it's not the, even the X8, which I think will be called either X8M or XM. So the BMW brand, you know, it's going even more now towards crossovers, which will um, definitely upset some fans, especially people from Europe. I had this uh, comment today on the blog and and i try to respond that you know someone said that every time that i see a big you know bmw suv i think about the americans and my reply was that surely i mean basically they have to cater to every single market you know we love big cars here in the same way the diesels were not successful here but they were extremely successful in europe and did great it's just the way it is but um it's 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 going to irk some people for sure you know that xm I don't know the design yet. I mean, we speculated through renders based on spy photos, but the car was still heavily covered in camouflage. But that might be there, actually. It's Aside from the fact that uh, it's another M SUV, I think it will be their first um, hybrid M car. So based on what we've heard and some other publications kind of either used our reports or they have had their own sources, there will be some sort of a hybrid plug-in available for the for the car, which will produce a massive amount of power, over 700, uh, maybe even close to 800 if some reports are true. And that will be the first time that we see uh, M's vision for the future. So what do you think about that? Well, why why is it controversial, though? That's that's what I'm curious about. Like, why? It's People as 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 much as as much as I enjoy driving, I actually not as much as people love the performance of the X5M and X6M. Let me just put it that way. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just not happy with the fact that BMW is M is building SUVs. It has been like that forever. I mean, and the cars have no fault really. They do 
what they're supposed to do. They probably do even more than what they should, you know, being so big and everything. But they're, they're super high-performance cars, not just SUVs. But for some reason, people associate the M brand, and probably AMG has the same issue. They associate the brand with, you know, the E30s of the day, you know, E36, smaller cars, sports cars. But that hasn't been the case in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, I guess. Things so, have changed. And... Um, well, I asked that for, yeah, I asked that for a reason, though, because it was sort of like a loaded question. Uh, but I'll let you finish. Please continue. No, I was just going to say, and that's that's my only take on it. Um, the Embraer is it's really successful today, as far as the the number of units being sold every year, and they're making a lot of money for the company. I've I've actually heard that recently from someone, and they're they're really making a lot of money for BMW, which is a smaller volume because the margins on the cars are high. It also mm-hmm. allows them. Uh, you know, to build some of the cars that we just talked about, like, you know, the M2CS and still the M2s and all of that, and even other special cars that might come out just because they're making money on those SUVs. The market is asking for it. Uh, I think they have no choice, same as AMG or, or Audi, you know, RS brand and all of that. They have to build cars for what the market is asking, you know. You can't just say, well, I'm a, you know, the same thing with Lamborghini, you know, they build the SUVs and everybody else. You you just have to, there is no other choice. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, old school M engineers in Munich, they're not thrilled to like open work on M SUVs, but sure. they already work on, you know, nimble and fun, small cars, but just things are changing. Times are so, changing. You need to, you need to get on them. I mean, you, you said a lot of things that I was going to, uh, like dip into, but uh, BMW is a company that uh, needs to make money and be profitable. And if the com- if the company, if the market is asking for these sorts of cars, then you'd be uh, a bad business person to not generate this sort of uh, car that people are looking at buying. Yeah. Um, there's, and I get it. I, I totally get it. I see both sides. People going like, well, BMW is a, you know, a, a sporty car manufacturer. Um, BMW is that, but it is also this because this is what the market is asking for. And, uh, if you just expand your sort of perspective a little bit as a car person, uh, not just as a BMW person, um, you have brands that, you know, maybe 20 years ago, if you would have asked, do you think Porsche or uh, Lamborghini, or you know Bentley, uh, would ever make an SUV. You know, people would laugh in your face, like, no, that's Ford. not who they are. Ford. Ford. Yeah, Ferrari, exactly. Yeah, these are. It's not. It's not. BMW has lost its way because they're making SUVs. It's BMW is seeing that the market is looking for high performance hybrids, or you know, uh, SUVs, or um, these these crossovers of sorts and they're filling that gap uh because they're a company that enjoys being successful and as a as a person that um how yeah how dare they how dare they do what they need to do to sustain their business model if that means making a high performance crossover suv um then that's what that means you're not forced to purchase that and i don't think Exactly. Uh, you're, you're, yeah, you, it's your that. money. You do what you want. It's a portfolio. And I think, like, as a consumer, options are good. Like, if I want to buy a one series, I can do that. I, it's a great gateway into the brand. But if I want to buy the largest, most, you know, decked out eight series, 
I can do that as well. It's your money and having options is good. And on top of all that, if it means that they now have budget to make cool little project cars like the E46 M3 CSL, which I don't think anyone would argue that is not, it is not a gem in the BMW crown. If it means that they have budget to set aside a little project team that can work on something fun like that in limited numbers or what have you, then great. Right. Everybody wins. Like people that have a desire and a uh, thirst for uh, crossover or powerful SUVs, you're welcome. So that's, you, that's right. the thing, right? So I always try not to sound like a PR for the company mm -hmm. because our job is really to be objective and we try to be and we are most of the time, I think. We're not fanboys. We love the brand, but at the same well, time, we... According uh, to a lot of our readers, we get paid by BMW. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> But uh, I would have only a pro I would have a problem with M, for example, if they would only make SUVs, right? It'll be like, okay, mm. now I have no choice. But as you said, you have options, right? It's not like you don't have the option to buy an M2 or an M3 or in the future maybe an M1 again or a 1M or whatever, right? You have options, and that's kind of what I like, you know, that they're doing. You still have options, and that's why I still defend them when it comes to building those SUVs. I might not be a customer for the X5M, X6M. I never yeah. was. I like them. Yeah. I don't think I'll use them because I don't, I don't, I don't, in my case, I, I wouldn't be able to use their entire potential. And I'd rather have a smaller, fun M car. But that doesn't mean that I have a friend of mine that from, uh, from Ohio, John, just bought an X5M. And just as a side note, he's a, uh, a uh, small business owner, and he said he's he's had his bad habit on uh, uh, buying cars every month. He would go to the dealership and he buy like a Porsche, then he would turn it back in, and then everybody would make fun of him, you know, because he just loves to change cars because he loves cars. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time in like forever that he hasn't changed his car in more than a year. He bought an X5 M competition in Toronto Red. And he keeps telling me like every day that this is the best car he's ever had. If, even though he sold like the, his previous car was a 911, uh, it was a 911 in Miami blue. I don't know, it was a like, fantastic car, you know, beautiful and everything else. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I love the X5M competition. So in his case, you know, it just works. And that shows right there, you know, you have in options, it's yeah, it. it's just that car people sometimes not not all car people, but there are definitely you know car people. There's that that sort of circle that if it's not what they think it is, then it must be wrong, right? I mean, ain't nobody gonna take your M2 from your driveway, okay? It's just let people have their fun, let people have their options. I, I will play it's devil's okay. advocate mm. for those people though, and it isn't so at least in the case of the XM or X8 or whatever it's gonna be called. Yeah, um, that for that car specifically. And I think the the frustration uh, now all the points you guys made are valid, and that's why BMW is doing it. But uh, the frustration comes from the fact that the XM is going to be the first standalone M car, the first car mm -hmm. that BMW M True. is going to make without having to use any existing BMW group. Like products. a bespoke M. Yeah, it's a bespoke M car, and when you hear bespoke M car. You don't think SUV, so it's disappointing that. I mean, I remember when, the, like, um, M kind of teased that they would be doing something like this. Fans, their minds went all over the place. Would it be something small like an M2? Would it even be mid-engine? Maybe compete with the Porsche Cayman? You know, mm -hmm. would BMW M finally make a 911 fighter? 
yeah. you know, w- what's BMW going to do? And then it's an SUV. Really? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's the antithesis of BMW M. You know, M was always, it's a motorsport. There's no such thing as a motorsport SUVs. Like it, it kind of, it seems odd that their first standalone product would be an SUV, never mind a hybrid SUV. Mm-hmm. So it sort of seems like it's the antithesis of what BMW M is supposed to be. And I get the disappointment in that. When it comes to cars like the X5M, you guys are totally right. Like, it's just that that's what the market wants. That's what the market's going to get. And BMW's going to print money with it. But uh, with the XM, I do understand the frustration. And I get why BMW's doing it. Again, it's going to sell. People love big, fast SUVs. It's also going to be a hybrid so it's a, it's much easier to make a hybrid out of an SUV uh, because of the space and the packaging. So it just makes more sense that way. Um, there are a lot of real valid reasons for why it's an SUV, but I definitely understand the frustration. And the frustration, in my opinion, is also valid because fans want something more M-like from the first bespoke M car. Um, and I, I I get that I think I'm one of them I think I think I agree with that I gotta say that, that, yeah. that I don't I I don't see the purpose of the XM yet because I have not seen the car I don't know a lot about the car so I guess my first question EV then will be when they finally show the car is okay who's the customer for this car because that car will be expensive I think in Europe it's gonna get close to two hundred thousand euros probably right in the U S maybe like at least one hundred sixty thousand dollars if not more so it will not be a cheap car probably more than that I mean well, if the X five M it's one forty one fifty it will be way more than that <laughs> so clearly I would want to find out who's the customer for that are we gonna go for the Rolls Royce customer which it's not the same customer clearly uh, which so that's my first question to them so I don't see the purpose of that car yet. But then again, I don't have the full information, so it wouldn't be fair for me to speculate on through articles, say, I don't see the point yet, I don't get it, yes, I would love that. Mm. I'm just going to wait for them to to show the car and then explain why they did that. Maybe the reason why they did that was the they wanted to test the plug-in hybrid platform. And like you said, yeah, that's the best big, way to test it for the, for, the, for the next car. And then also... They might have been in a cycle where everybody was asking for SUVs. I mean, think about it. This car was not, you know, con- conceived yesterday. It was probably it's been in, in works for at least, you know, three, four, five years, if not more. So clearly, at that time, there was the whole SUV craziness. The electric was not that, you know, was not the main topic as it is today. So maybe that was their their response to the market. I don't know, but I, I guess we will find out when the car comes out. I will ask them the tough question, like who's the customer? Because at that price point, you'll have to tell me who is the customer you're expecting to get. Like not just new customers, but maybe taking customers from another brand. Like, are you trying to get who? So. Meanwhile, I'm going to be sitting back with popcorn thinking, uh, thinking and wondering, you know, if they nail this and they do a good job in SUV form, What's going to come down the line? Yeah, I mean, right. I'm, performance-wise, clearly they're not. They they always deliver when it comes to performance, so there is yeah. no no doubt about that. Now, the car is going to be bigger than the X7, right? So you can't really expect the, I don't know a sports car out of that. It will be fast in straight line, and it will be you know uh, wobbly a little bit, and you know on. Well, you say that, mode. and then the then the 760M, right? came out and we're like, well, yeah, I mean, it's a land yacht, you know, it's a boat, come on. The I mean. M760 Li, yeah, I mean, it's, I drove it like on, like on the track, it was good, but I mean, it was still a boat. 
I mean, it was good, but it was a fast boat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, so I I don't know. I mean, it will be an interesting topic for sure. I mean, it's, and it looks like, you know, it's getting, um, it's getting more hype because they're, they're getting close probably to show the car next year. They will show that car for sure next year with a, you know, 50th anniversary and all of that. There is no doubt they will not do that. So, um, then probably they're going to show maybe a concept like they always do and they go with the production in 2023. So right. we'll find out more, but I'm extremely, extremely curious to see right. what the process behind that car was. I also think what's being lost uh, among readers and uh, like, again, I, I agree with why they're, I understand their frustration, but at the same time, every BMW fan, actually every car fan in general should be rooting for the XM to succeed and do well, because if it does, it's going to open the door for the, you know, the brass at BMW to allow the M division Mm -hmm. to do something else to, to make another standalone M car, another bespoke M car. And maybe that's the time when they say, okay, well now that we have a little more freedom, you know, we're trusted to do this again. Now let's make a, a mid-engine car, or now let's make a small rear-wheel drive electric car, or do, let's do something crazy now because we have the, the trust. You know, our first standalone car was successful. We can maybe do something a little more adventurous next time. Yeah, um, there's there's buy-in from the top, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, like, if they can convince, you know, the powers that be to say, you know, you're allowed to do something... You, know, a you can more see fun also next time. Uh, that's that's only going to happen if the XM succeeds. So we should, as much as it's annoying that you know, finally after decades of fans asking, uh, you know, the M division to make something of their own, uh, and they finally do, and it's an SUV. I that, that's frustrating, but at the same time, let's really hope it works so they can do it something else. You know, do do get a second shot at this. You know. I think they will be in a transition phase over the next few years because I just I was just thinking right now while you were mentioning all the things about hybrids and all of that, um, there is a reason why they joined the LMDH project, uh, project the Le Mans you know hybrid project, which mm-hmm. they will uh, start competing. Uh, what did they say? Twenty twenty two next year Somewhere in there. Daytona, and the reason why they did that is they really want to promote the plug-in hybrid technology, not just across you know production series car, but also in the motorsport brand and the M brand. So you can see that they're they already have products in 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 the pipeline. There will be hybrids, but then eventually they will end up having just M products being electric. But I think there will be in a transition phase over the next few years where we're going to see some M cars being hybrids, and then eventually all electric and that's when i think when they go all electric maybe that's when we'll see a supercar you know hypercar that will be um that will be what we expect but um i can maybe since i said it we know we're getting close to the end i said i'm gonna tease something uh you know for the future there was there was this uh, i mean there was this report recently that they're working on four electric cars over the next two years or something like that or last in like the next 12 months, and I think it was the Mini Countryman, which was part of BMW Group, iX1, which is the X1 7 Series, and then I think they said uh, the the 5 Series, so i5, i7, whatever they're going to call that. Mm-hmm. But I think beyond that, I think we'll see far more, and especially after 2025, a little bit of my research, and a little bit of my 
you know, inside knowledge, I think we'll see some cars across all the lineups. So if you start with the one series, you will definitely see some sort of a I1 and then eventually an IM1 maybe, which will be, you know, an M version of that. So think about the 1M that you have, but now you're going with a, you know, sported that. You kind of see the same thing when it comes to the M2. They're already talking, you know, people. When you say one, do you mean the current one, like a hatchback? No, like so I mean. Small hatchback, or do you mean. Since we're talking the new platform, the new class, which 2025 comes out. That could that could mean anything. I mean, okay. whatever that car is going to be, it's going to be towards the end of the decade, you know, on, on the one series, and then we'll see if that's going to be still in a hatch form or it's going to be right. more in a coupe form. I don't know, but that's still probably two generations from now, because okay. I think they're going to have a one series before that. So I don't know exactly. I don't have the details, but that's my assumption and based on what I know a little bit. Same thing right. with the two series. I don't think this generation of two series will get an electric one. But I think the next generation, which will be again towards the end of the decade and on the new platform, uh, the new class, that's going to be the one that's going to have a, a two series electric. It makes sense. And I think they will do it. But I think on the new platform past 2025, the first car that's in line to kind of get the new platform, I think might be the X3. Because I think the X3... Uh, it's going to be due for a change around then. So that's the one that we might see, like, you know, first electric X3, not like this one, the iX3, but, a, you know, brand new con uh, brand new idea. And from there, I think a 3 Series electric, it's it's fair game, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, but I guess in my case, I'll be very excited to see an entry-level electric car, not expensive, but super fun to drive because I drove the i4, and it was extremely fun, but it's a bigger car. And I can imagine like a small hatch or a small coupe, all electric uh, with the, you know, made by the M brand. That will be a lot of fun. So yeah. that's a bit of a teaser there, which I think will happen towards the end of the decade. Then again, the industry is changing so rapidly today that I think even them, they can't really plan ahead that far out. And there are always ideas being thrown around, you know, today. So... We'll see. But before I, I let you end with some of your own thoughts, there was one more thing that I wanted to chat. So I don't. Uh, so I stopped talking. Um, so we're talking about the X, the XM. Uh, if that's a controversial car, then how about the uh, two series Active Tour, right? So we're not getting that car in the U.S. because we're probably not sell here. But uh, and for some reason, people hate on the SUVs. But the two series Active Tour, it, it gets a lot of hate, maybe from the people like in the U.S. But in Germany, the 2 Series Active Tour sells really well. And that's the reason why they decided to renew it you know, for a second generation. And that brings me to the point where I might have a chance to see that car actually before it's unveiled soon. And I'm excited to see what they did with that because I saw the spy photos and it looks far better than the previous one. But then it also proves once again that BMW looks at the data says, oh, okay, the 2 Series Active Tour might not be the best looking car. It was a mini, oh, it was a minivan. Really, but it sold well in Germany. I mean, it clearly sold well enough that they, they decided to bring it back so they can fund some other fun projects. And again, that's okay with me because I might, I, even if I was in Europe, probably never buy a 2 Series Active Tour. There's so many other choices, but people are buying it and that's okay with me. Yeah, so I, I agree. Um, but I think it'll, just to wrap things up, like... Uh, like you said, I think we've all established that we have turned James into a... No, please don't. Don't, don't. I'm fighting and I'm He's resisting. His wife first now. 
Yeah. I mean, how, how is the, if, you, if you have the chance to, I mean, I don't know how you're going to have the chance to drive that car because it's a, I don't it's want a trick to. you. BMW, yeah, it's a tricky on one. Send James yeah. M5 CS for a week. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. They, they do. don't By have the way, one actually in They don't have it in Seattle. I actually asked them already because I wanted them to kind of try it out. They don't have it there. So it's going to go it's going to so, go New York, Miami, South Carolina and then West Coast. The dream, the the dream that I wanted to do is to put every CS model on the track. Uh, yeah, so we can CS. try that. Let's not give away all the secrets, but I think right. there, there there is something that we're 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 working on. So we'll let's, see. let's not we'll give see. away that idea. And yet, stop but, and uh, stop talking about the M5 CS, Nico. Okay, I don't want it. Not at all. <laughs> I'm touring the US. I'm out into the hype man for the M5 CS. That's all I am. Uh, every time I see your video pop up, I'm like, nope, not watching it again. <laughs> I'm not this. watching it again. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Resist. I mean, Nico was lucky to have me for a full week, so I was yeah. I was jealous too because my my experience was only a few hundred kilometer miles. But um, the, the fact that how yeah. rare that is was not lost on me. I was like pinching myself every day, like I'm an idiot. Why did they allow me to do this? <laughs> was that no, the expensive BMW you've had in your driveway? No, actually, no. no. Actually, ironically, the M5 CS is a great deal. It was like 143 grand, which is a lot of money, but. I mean, considering what you get, the M the M8 Grand Coupe I had was more. Oh, was it more? Yeah. Yeah. Stop saying big baller for me, okay? Big baller Nico, okay? <laughs> That's not even the most expensive. The <laughs> only difference is that we have to give the cars back after a yeah, week. I, uh, I only get to <laughs> pretend to be awesome for a week at a time. I had a, I had a Rolls Royce Ghost uh, actually <laughs> a, few, a few weeks ago. No, it was actually it was actually worse than you think as far as the logistics because I. Uh, I my it would not fit in my uh, garage. There is no way I measured. No, like no way. If even if my neighbor would take his car out, it would still not fit like lengthwise. So that was out of the question. So now I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, I'm in Chicago. What am I gonna park that car? So right. I had to talk to the neighbors, and I said, okay, I'm gonna park it right here, kind of blocking the mm -hmm. driveway and the garage. You can't really get off for a while, but I'm gonna put it here because I feel safe, you know, to leave it here. I bet. Like, how does this guy have a Rolls Royce? And I bet if you know, got a, a flat tire on that, it costs you more than three fifty. Uh, yeah, you exactly. pay for the <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I had to figure out, you know, overnight parking because um, I know someone, a journalist, had a Rolls Royce. I don't know if it was in Wisconsin, was it maybe Wisconsin or somewhere, and someone stole something from the Rolls. I don't remember what it was. So I, I kind of freaked out, you know, uh, and um, actually. Was it actually? I don't remember. But um, so I had to call a friend that has a, one of those. Uh, it's more of a banquet hall, like you know, party room. And I said, you know, I I gotta bring the car there. You know, I got no choice. I'm gonna bring the car. So I was the guy that really drove the rolls every night there, take an Uber back home, then the next morning <laughs> go back, pick up the car, and take it back. So I was like doing this for like three, four days. I was like, hey, it's nice to have a Rolls Royce, but the stress, you know, that it's yeah. not your car, and I gotta, yours, you gotta yeah. care for it. I was no. like, oh, but I no, it, it was a nice car. I'm not saying it was problem, a, it was but... it was amazing. I felt great driving that car around. Uh, cool. It is a fantastic car, and if um, it's it's a nice entry level Rolls Royce, you know, <laughs> if you want to go all out on a Cullinan or a Phantom, you can't really go wrong with a 
with the ghost, honestly. Yeah, well, there's probably some like shade being thrown from the phantom owners onto the ghost owners. Like, mm, mm, probably, mm. but I, I drove both. And honestly, uh, if I were to be a phantom owner, I would get a driver. There is no way that I would drive that car. It's not, it's, <laughs> it is not, it's, it's not meant to be driven by the owner, really. You're, you're, the point is to just be, you know, relaxed and have some. Well, Nico and I. Nico and I are waiting for that call for you to make when you need us to, to be the driver. To be the oh, driver, I, yeah. yeah. I drove the Phantom, Phantom near. <laughs> I drove the Phantom near Goodwood, and I'm telling you, those roads are so narrow and tight, and going on the wrong side of the road or the right one depends how you look at it. And uh, honestly, it was not easy to drive the car there. And then I took a ride with the same car driven by a professional, not like a, by like a chauffeur, you know, hired by Rolls Royce. And that guy was flying through those roads. I'm like, I'm like, how? <laughs> I like how? Because I was going like literally, I was literally going like 20 miles an hour because I was afraid, you know, how big that car was. But um, a good driver was just like flying through, so it was a nice car. But I prefer the smaller roads. Like the the Ghost, it's a it's a really good driving car. You actually enjoy driving the car. And Cullinan too, I love the Cullinan too. But um, yeah. go the the Phantom, yeah, definitely driver. You know, op to open the door for me and everything else for sure. Yeah, it's like, I'm it's like I prefer my Sports Illustrated models, not my Victoria's Secret models. That's <laughs> my, my, my and a tough choice. Yes, uh, I'm cracking jokes and like, oh no, it must be tough to 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 have to pick up the Rolls Royce. But honestly, like thinking about it, like the only like imagery that I have in my mind is seeing Horatio like wake up in the morning, make a cup of coffee, and be like. Hey, I gotta go pick up the Rolls Royce, and then just out of out of like the side, out of shot, you hear like, "Is that the spirit of ecstasy? It's the spirit of mine." And then like he shows up, and like the emblem on the hood is gone because Chicago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, that, it, that sounds stressful. It, it, it does hide, you know. That's the that's the well, good part. As soon as you touch it, it's yeah, it goes down. But uh, it's just the well, stress. It, it's mostly the stress because I know how how the press fleet operates for all these companies and they don't have many of them they send it from one place to another and if you scratch a tire or not a, a, a wheel then they have to fix it and they're not going to say okay you have to pay for it but still it's an inconvenience to them as far as money and time also because it's out of service and some other people you know have to drive it so you're always super super careful when, when it comes to press cars and all of that not necessarily Especially because you get rolls. in trouble which you can of course if you do crazy things but Mostly because you don't want to inconvenience some other journalist, you know, they're waiting for that car. Well, the right. funny thing with Rolls, too, is here's a little inside baseball for you, um, for anyone watching or listening still. But the, uh, the Rolls-Royce press fleet isn't just for journalists, and it's not really a press fleet. A lot of those cars exactly. are loaned to celebrities mm -hmm. and things like that. Yep. Um, so, like, you might drive it, and then next week it's going to be, you know, at Odell Beckham Jr.'s house where he's going to drive it. So if it's scratched or beat up, exactly. uh, they're not very happy with that. Yeah. Um, you know, your average car, like I get press cars from you know, the fleet companies and they're like, yeah, it's got a little scratchier. Are you okay with that? It's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not, I'm, I'm just a journalist. I'm just going to drive it. But you know, roles, they, they, they go to, you know, high profile people as well as us grungy journalists so yeah even the FICS that I drove I actually when I when I picked it up and I went to the concourse on Sunday at the concourse de elegance when I came back I parked the car literally on 17 mile drive because there is that's the only spot that you can park so 
uh, I just left it there. And then I went, uh, you know, Conquest, and I went back, picked up a car, went to the hotel. And then coming back, I was looking at the car and I saw like a little, it looked like a scratch on the on the frozen paint. And I was like, oh no. I'm like, I knew there wasn't me because there was no way there was me because I just left the car there and then came back and there was nobody, the, the cars were parked in a line. So there was no parallel parking next to it. So I knew that wasn't from there. So it was somewhere from before. And I took a photo and I sent it to the BMW guys. And I'm like, I don't know if it's a deep scratch or not. I started to rub it down and it came off. But kind of freaked out because I knew, not freaked out, but I knew that they have to take their car and send it to another journalist to test drive it. And they, if they're picky about scratches and all of that, they'll be like, well, you know, it's got a scratch and all of that. I can't photograph it and so on and so forth. But it turned out that it wasn't. But uh, it also reminded me how... Um, how much care you have to take of the frozen paint. As much as I love it, as far as, you know, seeing the car and that, and I saw that M4 uh, frozen Portimao, it's beautiful. I don't know if I would ever be able to own one with a frozen color. It will, it will drive me nuts, honestly. Uh, Washington State is pretty wide open. I have good parking. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd be okay. I'd be okay. <laughs> with the frozen color? that BMW can send you an M5 CS. And in, in that frozen green with the satin gold wheels and the satin gold brake calipers to <laughs> pair with, you know, everything else. Yeah, no, I mean, I could make it work, you know. <laughs> so you're saying it'd be perfectly safe there. You could test it. Perfectly safe. In fact, you know what? If, if somebody, if it needs to be stored, like I can act as storage on West Coast, not a problem. <laughs> And, okay, so now we, we really have to end, but last point, really. <laughs> Problem with the press card, so people really know, is also that sometimes it's not your fault if something happens. And there were cases, you know, for everyone that sometimes it wasn't your fault and something happens to the car and you still feel bad about it. Even though you had, you were not at fault, it was determined it's not your fault, you still feel bad about it because it's not yours course and you want to you want to take care of it so that's the extra usually i mean if you're a responsible person you you actually worry about these things and i think most journalists do no nobody you know gets a car and wants to trash it in any way i mean and, um, i think if you're listening to this right now or watching us you're a car person you completely understand that exactly. like you like your you, own car it's like your own car right yeah. it, and something that's on loan to you you treat it even oh, well yeah. you should treat it even better than your own car right Exactly. Um, plus, on top of that, you're a car person. Do, yeah. do you? Yeah, um, no. I mean, like a grandma. <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I get in trouble all the time. With I do not cars. drive like a grandma. My own car, I drive hard, but a press car, unless I'm doing something like really testing it for a video, I drive it carefully. <laughs> uh, I do the same thing. I exactly do the same thing. That's why I haven't got a ticket in a very long time. You know, I just. Uh, I mean, if a lot you of horror stories, so I'm like, you know what? Not worth. I'm not you can't take an M5CS and take it like on public roads and test performance because that's not what no. a car was meant to do anyway on yeah. public roads and it would be so irresponsible. So if you can find a spot, you know, you're paying for it to rent a track or to rent a, an airfield or whatever, that's what you do if you want to really produce good content. You're not going to go and do zero to 60 on, in, on like back I mean, roads. That's I, just, I'll, I'll drive it, like really drive it, but I'm, I would never push a, a press car like 10 tenths ever, Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, ever. Yeah, that's one thing, and that uh, yeah. So and everybody knows you eke the most performance out of a test car when the airport official says you need to go right now before the plane next to you takes off. Before that's the when the heat is on. on. Yeah, when, before the plane hits you in the back, <laughs> rear-ended by a Cessna, you need to. Uh, that might have been faster than the Cessna, you know, for the first oh, hundred for years. Hands down, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. then a little single 
engine prop plane. Yes. <laughs> I can't not, not see Nico right now. Just slowly, like slow-mo grip the steering wheel, like each finger, and then slowly looks to the left and does one head nod to the Cessna pilot. And it's like, yeah, let's yeah. go. See ya. <laughs> Speaking of the real. steering wheel, that, that leather, the Alcantara on the steering, yeah. it's yeah. extremely smooth. It's very nice. It is it's, really it's nice. Real, That's is like it real Alcantara. I think it's like a different. Is it Alcantara? Or is it suede? I don't. I think it's like a uh, alternative, like an extra light. Is it? Like it just felt so smooth, so nice. It is really nice. Like, it's a great yeah. steering wheel. So yeah. we're we're really rubbing it in James' face. Sorry. <laughs> I have an Alcantara steering wheel. <laughs> I think you should go to the dealer and, and convince them to take you for a, for a ride with an M5 CS. We'll see. We'll are see. They, we'll are see. They available? Do they get all? Did everyone buy them up already? Is the allocation gone? I you know? don't know, honestly. I know of two people in Washington State that are picking one up. Oh, really? They're they're yeah. picking one up. Oh, do you yeah. know? If you know, they're gonna let. Dude. Are they gonna let you drive it? Uh, one of them is offered. Yeah. Oh, nice. Wow. Dude, you gotta take that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Stop it. Stop so, it. You know what? It's a, it's as crazy as it is. If you really like, if you're used to driving a performance car, it's a, it's easy. Like it's, it's not as, it's not sketchy. It's not like a car that will bite you. It's, it's so capable and it's so, um, like communicative and confidence mm-hmm. inspiring that it's actually one of the easier performance cars I've ever. Driven. I know. I, I know. Exactly. I believe you. I believe you. But the, you know, I thought I was happy back in the day when I had my, you know, E92 335 six speed. And then my boss was like, hey, do you want to drive my E90 Dynan M3? And I was like, sure. And that was not a good idea. And then all of a sudden, my E92 335i that I was completely content with was like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. That's, it's not. <laughs> you want to taste that extra? Yeah, I, I, no, not unless it's unless it's the, for the right price. No, no, I don't. I need to, I need to resist. <laughs> all right, guys. So should we wrap it up so we can all uh, yeah, go on with our night or go it's back? Late here. Yeah, it was a great chat. It was a little longer than usual, guys. So if you if you stuck around till the end, I hope you got some good information out of it. Once again, um, it's going to be on YouTube, also on all the podcast uh, platforms from apple to spotify to google to i don't know there's so many out there but you'll definitely find it somewhere and uh, as always if you do subscribe to our videos that helps us quite a bit that way we can have james produce and nico some other (laughs) amazing videos so that always helps yeah and i guess nico we haven't asked people to send any feedback you know if you guys have any topics you want us to talk about Any guests? Uh, we can tease one guest. We're supposed to have him a couple of weeks ago, uh, Bill Bill Oberlin. Nice. But um, he went on vacation, and uh, he's back now. And I think we're going to have him very soon on the podcast, and there will be some interesting conversations with him. Bill is a great guy, amazing driver. He's been with BMW forever, so um, we can definitely talk about a lot of things. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, All right. James, always a pleasure. I appreciate taking the time. Anytime you want to come back on, if you have anything cool to talk about, or if you drive any cool cars that we have not, even older ones, you know, feel feel free to uh, to let us know, and you're more than welcome. I think I uh, it'll be an interesting series. You know. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, I always. I mean, this is my second time here, and I, I always have a blast. Uh, I've had a blast last time. I had a blast this time, uh, except for the part where you guys were trying to get me into an M5 CS. Uh, <laughs> 
so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what else we can uh, we can drive that we can then come back here and talk about and then figure out how I don't pick it up. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks right. for joining. I appreciate it, right. and we'll thanks, see you guys. soon. Thanks, y'all. Bye. All right, bye.